Hey, I'm Stevie. What's up? I'm Monty J. And you're listening to the Bookshelf Boyfriends Podcast. Where we take a deep dive with your favorite contemporary romance authors. Asking them questions about everything from their writing process to their reading habits, plus so much more. Join us as we help you find your next Bookshelf Boyfriend. What's up, bookworms? It's your host, Stevie. I was like, what are you doing? What's up, guys? It's MJ. I was waiting for you. It made such a weird sound that time. <laughs> What's up, guys? It's MJ. Um, hope everybody's having a lovely Monday. Jesus, is already, it's Monday. Um, I am just prepping for the release of The True Sweet Burn. I did read uh two phenomenal books as of recent i read uh inertia by cm radcliffe which is the second book in uh her dazed duo and it's so fucking good it'll rip your heart out and put it back together and then rip your heart out and put it back together it's so good so good and then i also read hold up i forgot the fucking title like a fucking idiot hold please hold please um actually don't hold because i can't remember what it is it's by holly renee it's her new one fuck and it's about ollie and it's in her series and i can't i'm the worst hold up give me a second holly if you ever listen to this i'm so sorry because it's like her last post it's called it's called the seduction of pretty lies and it's book uh it's like a one of the books in the Claremont Bay Boy series it is so good. Oh my God. Loved it. But other than that, that's been it for me. Stevie, got anything interesting? Um, I read Claimed by Laura Pavlov. Let me just tell you, I was sobbing at the end of that last book. <sighs> that was stressful. I'm sorry. She well. To not give it, a, I mean, I'm not going to give the plot away, but she does do a um, a bonus epilogue mm-hmm. of um of a 25 year time jump. Oh, and to see where the entire group of the Magic Willows is, and the kids that they've had, and what their kids are doing now, and like it's just the cutest way to wrap up that entire series. And I'm not the only person who has been on her butt to do a next gen because um, she apparently has received a lot of messages from readers. I say so. Because she left the door open. And I said, look, you left the door open. I'm just trying to pull you all the way through it. Yeah, I'm just trying to force you through the door. So if you haven't read Claim from the Magic Will from her Willow Spring series, please do it. And then also because Amazon is an asshole. And I can say that because we are not monetized by Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> um, they canceled Laura and Willow Astor's pre-order for the last book in the G.D. Taylor series. So please, if you are into rom-com, purchase the book on Thursday because this is now made a nightmare for these authors 
And they're not the only ones that have had this happen to them recently. Um, so definitely check out Friends with Benefactors. It's the final book in our G.D. Taylor's rom-com. So that's all I got. All right. Well, then I think that we are good to go. Hold up. Let me pull up this author's bio and we'll read it and then hop right on over. Hold, please. Slight intermission. <laughs> I like that the doorbell chimed at that point. Okay, funny thing. Okay, so their bio is short, sweet, and to the point, so it, this works for us. Are you ready? My life in a nutshell. Writing, reading, family, traveling. A.R. Breck. <laughs> I love her. I love her, man. All right, so we're going to go chat more with Mrs. A.R. Breck. Can't wait. Um, and yeah, here we go. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bookshelf Boyfriends podcast. A.R. Breck, welcome. Hi, I'm happy to be here with you guys. I'm super excited to have you. Funny story. I met Breck in a sprint room. I Listen, throughout this podcast, I'm not going to call her A.R. That's just weird because I, I don't call her that in the sprint room. <laughs> but I met her on a sprint room along with a bunch of other lovely authors that we're going to have on the podcast coming up. Um, and yeah, we just became friends. Yes. We are um, goth friends, as Tal says it when we were writing, and Tal's like writing a uh, like like sweet sports romance, and me and Breck are like, how do you kill people? Like <laughs> serial killers and blood. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. All right. So, like we said, super excited to have you, and we're gonna jump right on into questions about your book specifically, which, as this podcast knows is my specialty, dark romance. I'll be handling the questions about your books and then Stevie will take reading questions after that because uh, Stevie uh, is afraid of the dark. <laughs> I'm not afraid of the dark. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. All right, so let's talk Wicked Little Sins, which I just recently read. And when I tell you that I... <sighs> If you read it, you know, I never, never, never going to put pressure on any author because I know what it's like to have pressure on me, but I swear to God, I swear to God, if Atticus does not get at least like a little cameo book, I will lose my shit. Okay. (laughs) I love him. Wait for October. So it's an evil town full of secrets, a hot stepbrother and PNR. Like it's basically my name. Like it's, it's everything I ever wanted. Um, so what was the inspiration for the town of Castle? point and I guess just like the inspiration of the novel itself so I live in Minnesota and I travel up to Duluth and basically Castle Point is supposed to be somewhere between Duluth in and Canada um lots of trees it's pretty eerie um there's a lot of superstition up by Lake Superior and everything like that Mm -hmm. so I know Minnesota a lot in northern Minnesota um Castle Point in in particular I've always wanted to write something that's dark. I'm a horror fanatic, Me too. completely addicted. Like I love the spirit world. I love, yes, <laughs> so cool. Like I can't even explain it. So like, it's always been my thing and I didn't really know how I wanted to incorporate it. And like, honestly, it kind of just like fell into place. Yeah. Like it was like, okay, I wanted to write a stepbrother romance and I wanted it to be dark and I wanted it to be creepy and edgy and then it was like I think that there's going to be like some possession in it and then everyone's like you're writing like a paranormal romance and I'm like 
no, I'm not. And I'm just like <laughs> writing away. I'm like, I'm not right. Like, I'm not a paranormal author, like shut up. And then like, at the end, everyone's like, that's paranormal. And I'm like, shit, it kind of is. It? So it, it, it's like, oops, it's all right though. <laughs> I exactly. this, But it's fine. So I actually love it. Castle Point is like, Wicked Little Sins is by far my favorite book that I've written yet. Mm-hmm. I read it, wrote it so fast. It just like, it just flew out of me. It came so like fluid. So I really connected with the characters and I just, I, it's my favorite book. I'm excited to write the rest of Castle Point for sure. I fucking love those books. Okay. I love them. They, I love this book. It was so good. And like, honestly, I feel like dark romance authors can get away with writing PNR because I feel like PNR falls under the subcategory of dark romance sometimes, you know? Um, so like you could get away with it a little bit more than like, say like somebody who writes like fluffy, you know, Exactly. second chance romances or something like that it's like what the Hell. fuck are you doing writing PNR? <laughs> but you know like if you're a dark romance author I feel like that's something that's like a subgenre, and people wouldn't be as right. shocked if it was and I thought it worked really well and, and, and the thing that I loved about it the most right is it didn't feel like PNR it felt very exactly. real I was like this shit could actually I, happen see- my dude and like honestly I still say it to this day like I was talking to my friend about it she drew the cover and everything and she's just like you got to stick with this current paranormal horror romance like it's totally your vibe it's totally your thing and I'm like it it wasn't paranormal to me like paranormal to me is like a goblin or like a like a serious monster or something like that like spirits to me is like like they're real it's like very much it's on that it. line, you know, yes. because it's like PNR to people who may not believe in spirits and like the afterlife, but it's very real to exactly. people who are like very involved and believe in that shit. I was like, bro, this is real. This is real. I feel like we're both on the same journey of like finding our niche, right? And yeah. I found my niche in like dark horror romance and like in the gory. And it's just like, listen, I'm not leaving it. You can't make exactly. me. Sorry. Exactly. Sorry. It's fine. All right. So is her name Vera? Is that how you pronounce it? I pronounce it Vera. Okay, Vera. Because listen, I always fucking, in my head, I'm like, eh, you know, I'm just going to go with the first thing that comes to my mind. So I went with Vera, but it's okay. Okay, so Vera, our main character, such a badass, okay? From the first fucking chapter, that hoe was like, bitch, I ain't moving. I hate to tell you. (laughs) No, no, ain't happening, mom. So, and like, she's a badass even when, and Malik, right? Did I get that one right? I say Malik. Now, fucking shit. Malik, (laughs) whatever. Close enough. Zane Malik, oh my God. I just love him even more now. Anyways, so even when Malik was like at his worst, you know, giving his best, there was like no backing down from her. And I love, everybody on this podcast knows, I love me a good strong female character. So what was your favorite part of writing her? I loved to write her fighting back. I feel like all the characters that I've written so far, not that there's been like a journey of me writing like, weaker female characters to stronger female characters and Vera was definitely the strongest character that I've written yes she's stubborn yes she's like broken in a way but she also like she knows what she wants she goes to Castle Point where there's Malik and these three guys who are super effing intimidating and like 
they could basically just break her in half, you know, and she fights back the entire time. Like she does not bow down. Mm -mm. She's like raising up her middle fingers and she's saying, fuck you. As she's running through like a town that she can't escape from, you know, it's like, she, I loved writing the strongness and the perseverance of her. Yeah. I love that. And listen, I think that I feel like even, I feel like a weak female character is like a really bad like connotation I feel like there is no weak female character right I feel like even when they are softer um that they're still strong in their own ways because I believe that women as a unit have different strengths like in the way that you know I may be strong is different from like Stevie and from you and that may look different to the outside world it may look like you know maybe I might be a little weaker than like Ronda Rousey or some shit. Like right. That. Exactly. I'll still open up a can of whoop ass on somebody when I need to, <laughs> but I, I think I, I just loved, I loved her fight. I loved her spirit. I love how like they were never going to break that shit. Didn't matter what they did. And I'm going to say right now, they fucking put her through the ringer, bitch. They were not playing not alive right I, now. All I'm saying is, is that if I went to Castle Point and I showed up and because I read dark romance novels, I just know that if I showed up and I had like four intimidating men like there, I'd be like, oh, this is going to be so good. This is going to be so fun. This is my dream. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about Malik. I'm in love. I love him and all his little twisted parts, all his little angry, angry man self. So when writing him, what do you think was the hardest part, like trying to convey? I, I find that it's hard to, um, sometimes my characters want to just take a story of their own and mm-hmm. it's really hard for me to like stay on my outline. Like this is how you're supposed to be written. This is the personality that you're supposed to have. I could have written them so much darker and with so much more hate, but I feel like there had to be some softness at some point Yeah. for them to show the affection that was growing between them Mm -hmm. that that I think is the hardest point is being able to relay the actual emotion when there is so much angst between them because they're it literally it was so heavy writing it the hate that they had between each other and there was so much of it before it turned into a love yeah that's always my hard part too, is like that middle ground area. Yeah. I was telling, I told Stevie like a while ago when I was first writing The Lies We Steal, it was like my first really like enemies to lovers. I was like, I got the enemy shit down pat. Them fuckers hate <laughs> each other. But, exactly. um, Every time it's so easy to write yeah, it. I'm like, they fucking hate each other. They are nasty and mean. And then I'm like, I got to make these bitches fall in love. Yes. And I like when, like at what point like, is the turning point? Exactly. It's that limbo area. And I don't know if you were in the, in the sprint room when I was talking to Savage about, um, cause she was having the same problem. And I was like, anytime I have that issue, I always go back to that limbo stage where they're, they don't hate each other. They're not friends. They're just like in this weird, awkward, don't know how to feel for each other. Yep. And I add like two more chapters because I feel like that gives enough like limbo yeah. before we move to like love, because I can always handle the love part of it too, but it's like the transition exactly. of like, what is the switch that makes them exactly you know you're like oh just kidding I love this bitch exactly (laughs) every time and and being able to make it like fluid and not like uh an instant flip of a 
switch because I've struggled with that too, where it just seems, it doesn't seem like natural in any way. Like I hate you. And then all of a sudden I love you. And it's like, well, wait, when did that point actually turn? Yeah, like what happened? That's a good idea though, to make a couple extra chapters. Yeah. I feel like that gives me enough, like that gives you enough space to kind of make it organic for them to fall into like a more like loving area into where they were but I I always struggled with that shit I was like damn I don't know how I'm, I think I made them hate each other a little too much I I, like, that's that's exactly how I felt I think that they're being a little too rough on each other I need to switch it up <laughs> all right so you already answered question number four which was like did you intend for it to be PNR and obviously you did not so are there any plans to write books for the other three nightmares uh Felix Le- Le- Levi and Atticus Yes. So the next book is coming out in October. And then I think that I'll just be releasing the last ones every single October, right yeah. before Halloween. Oh my God, a year um, apart. Oh my God, wait, hold up, time out. Do you have the order in? Like, do you know, like, have you told people who, what, like, who's coming first? No. Fuck. No, I haven't yet. <laughs> I'll, I'm going to ask you on Instagram later because yeah. I swear to fucking God, if I got to wait three years for Atticus because he's the last one that always happens to me I always I end love, up picking I love Atticus last. I love Atticus I love him I was like ooh, that's the one I want I, I want him <sighs> I love it's him. always they're it's always the last they're one. all gonna be good but I'm excited for the next one because there's gonna be like male male female female scenes and I'm just <laughs> like I <laughs> jump out my oh window my right now I'm James ready I'm <laughs> deep breaths deep breaths I love that shit all right so let's talk about Black Ridge Prep which is your upcoming series um and we don't really have a lot to go on with this one because I haven't read it but um tell us a little bit about it so this book has literally aged me 20 years um I have redone the outline about 50 times (laughs) Um, as you know, I was like editing as you were sprinting and I was still changing it. And I just got it back actually last night from my editor. So before this, I was actually just editing it. So basically it's about, um, without, I don't want to get into it too much, but it's basically underground fighting. Um, there's mafia and then, um, the girl is a child of a serial killer and she actually falls in love with a serial killer. So it's, it's, there's dark, there's some mystery, there's like a copycat that's going on and she's at risk and it's, it, she is, I would say she's pretty close to Vera and like the strong department. She definitely fights back. She's actually in like the underground fighting. So hell yeah, she should be her dad. Parent was a serial killer. Exactly. Strong backbone. Exactly. And like, just because you're a little bit more of a horror enthusiast, I was really trying to figure out what serial killer I really wanted to kind of like do like a little bit of a baseline off of. Uh-huh. And I chose Charles Manson. Oh. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know much about him. And I've had to do some research and I'm just like this. It's been like the funnest research time of my entire life. Just Yeah, that man literally made songs with the Beach Boys. Yeah. <laughs> nobody ever talks about that like he literally wrote songs with the beach boys like it was weird for like a minute but oh my god I love that I'm excited 
perspective. I yeah. love a good, so like I love any type of dark romance, but I love when it's like scary. Like I love a good, because Stephen King is my idol, the love of my life, my king. I love him. Um, and anytime that people incorporate both the scary and love, I'm like, this is, it's, it's win, me win. in a book it's me in a book because I'm a hopeless romantic but at the same time I could probably slice and dice you and know how to do it easily (laughs) no remorse (laughs) none all right so if wicked little sins could be turned into a movie or like a tv series who would you cast in the lead roles and why everybody hates this question I and you know I read it beforehand and I'm like okay I really have to think about this the the girl who snapped into my head was lucy hale oh love lucy hale Ooh, like a dark edgy lucy hale like a I love dark that. edgy lucy hale okay i can't gosh for a guy it's so hard for me to who who would you pick for malik mm-hmm. malik fuck my life i did it again <laughs> on a spot like that hold up okay give me a second Give me, oh, okay, wait, have you, um, fuck, he's on TikTok. Have you seen that guy? He's like real tatted up. He's got a skull on the back of his back. And people, Talking about Will, Will Hilly or whatever. Him, yes. him. When I was reading him, that's who I was picturing the whole time. I was him. like, he's hot. He, and he does like all of those, he does all those TikTok videos of like his dog and like fire yes. and like chains oh my and gosh. shit. The chains. And the I'm chains. like. I'm like, sir, you are and a like the bat. Author's wet dream. The bat with the spikes. For real, though, for real. And there's a video, and it's a while back. I have it saved on TikTok. I'll send it to you of like him and like three other guys. And I was like, oh my god, oh my god. I think I know what you're talking about. It's just perfect. He would chef kisses. Yeah. Okay. So we've cast him. I don't know what his name is. His name is Will. I I would call him Will. Okay, Will is his name. I don't know who he is on TikTok, but we we have nailed it down. All right. So, last question on this portion is: What is next for you in general? In general, in like 2022, I have a lot planned for 2022. So I have um, all three book books of Black Ridge um, prep. Those are releasing March, April, and May. So one after another, I'm halfway through book two. I have um, two paranormal monster anthologies, which I'm writing. Um, I have another anthology. I have a Christmas one this year. And crazy. I know I'm, I'm planning, I'm planning so much. And honestly, some of it's probably going to be pushed out to 2023, but I'm getting Black Ridge prep, prep done, my anthos and Castle Point book too. That's oh for sure. God, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Oh my God, I can't wait. Oh, and then also she's going to NOLA. And I'm going to NOLA. We'll be my there together. My first author signing. I'm so excited. Me too. I'm going to vomit everywhere. I need to be. In a, I need to be at a table. See, I'm a social butterfly. Like once I warm up, I'm going to be fine. But I need somebody next to me to tell me how the no. fuck to do this shit. Because like, I don't know what to do. Like, you I know, just show up the and people like, that are going to that signing have never signed before either. I know, but still. Oh, great. Wait a minute. You I'm like, you, and like, 
and like hope, Holly. Like that's Holly's what I was gonna say. One. I hope I'm like wedged in between you and Holly because Holly knows what she's doing and yes. she was giving advice. And I was like, oh my god, I need to be next to that hoe. Please, I know. I just want to sit next to her. She's like, she's like when sprinting with me. She's like calming me down a little bit. It's just like okay. She is literally is- the fairy godmother of the sprint room. I feel like she's the only one who has a level head most of the time. All the rest of us, like Rams and Liza and you and me, we're like all over the fucking place. And Cat and Callie, they're all over the fucking place. And then there's Holly. She's like, like just chill. Like no caps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's just and she doesn't even sit exclamation marks. She's I know. Period. Yeah. And you're like, oh, like where's the emotion? All of us are like sending gifts of like us hyperventilating, and she's just like it's going to be okay. Period. <laughs> Damn, I love her so much. Me too. Me too. I love her. All right. So Stevie, you can go ahead and take your reading questions now that I've been talking for the majority of this motherfucker. Like you normally do. Yeah. You know, I tell you to interrupt me and you don't do it. It's because I like when people uh, leave comments about our show and that you talk a lot. I don't. It makes me feel bad because then it makes me, it makes me seem like I'm over dominating this podcast and people are like, damn, MJ, shut the fuck up and let Stevie talk. And I try. I like it though because you're bringing about you. You're bringing the hype though. And it, there needs to be some hype. I know, but I try to get Steve. I do try to get Stevie to talk and she just doesn't. And then it continues to make me look bad. And it's like, damn, Stevie, you're making me look bad. I have a very weird personality. I know, it's <laughs> not one for this. Okay, so it's fine. I'm the organization of this person, of this group. I'm the only person that color coordinates. (laughs) Okay, so what book has your favorite cover? Now, this can be one of your own or someone else's. Ooh. Your latest cover, Monty, I have shown to everybody, like, like Cassie, Oh, is God. literally so talented fucking goddess i her her and cat m mm. both cover designers are literally like anything that either of them create it's like blowing my mind like the flowers that are like weaving in and out of the letters of your latest cover it stops my heart like one of it. my all-time favorite covers literally. Oh my God, shut up! nobody's yeah. ever said my cover on here before and that makes me so happy yeah literally Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Shout out Cassie. You the bomb, bitch. I love you. Yes. Love Cassie. She fucking, so the original, which is right here because I was making a TikTok with it. I don't just normally sit with my book like next to me. (laughs) So the original was a fucking pre-made. I found it on her website. She wasn't taking customs because she was doing like a, a, like, I guess a mental health break. And I was like, damn but good for you I was like I wanted you to do my covers but I was like whatever cool fine and then I was trying to find covers and I saw this one on her pre-made and I was like fuck yeah I'm buying that and then she opened up customs after I fucking did this one and I was like yo dog just make it look like this but (laughs) the whole series I'll pay and she did and she did fucking awesome and I love her and I love your covers the one for Wicked Little Sins with the uh, the planchette on it. I yep. was like, sign me the fuck up. Even if I didn't know you and I would have saw that cover, I was like, oh yeah. Oh, I love, I love that cover. My friend, my friend drew it. She's, um. Drew it? Yes. Oh fuck, and that's she, epic. Yeah, she did do some, she did do some photos, but she, she also drew my, um, my motorcycle 
series, she drew those by hand too. She's she's a super talented artist. Yeah. Not me going to look it up right now. I know. Imagine being imagine being talented. Not me. Could never be me. Could never. All right. What is that your favorite cover of all of your books too? Wicked Little Sins for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right, Stevie. So what attracts you to a book? The cover, the blurb, a recommendation, or the title? The cover. Mm. Instantly. It, it has to have a good cover. And I'm really realizing that if you don't have a good cover, it could spoil the entire story. It doesn't matter if you have a phenomenal blurb. It doesn't matter if your story's awesome. If you have a shitty cover, mm-hmm. it, it takes away from your sales. So absolutely without a doubt and the thing is is like if you have a bomb ass cover sales fucking go through the roof people will just pick that shit up because they like the cover exactly <laughs> as somebody who is realizing that after writing that's the how, people, how it is with discreet covers on tiktok too though is that mm-hmm. now authors are being pushed towards discreet covers because people want them i love a discreet and they cover. will literally I've buy every single too. one i'll be completely honest with you I would love to just do discrete covers for the rest of my career. <laughs> I love a discrete cover. Mostly yeah. because there's so many, and I don't get me wrong, like I love hot guys on cover too, but I feel like for me personally, trying to find a good cover model, you know, you're going to have to find like a good photographer who's selling like, you know, images that nobody can get anywhere else. And if you can do that, awesome. I personally cannot do that right now. I do know that oh. eventually I want to do limited edition like boy covers or whatever like the men on the covers for, for sure boys but I think predominantly I really just want to do screakers. I think they're so pretty and they're so pop like they've all of a sudden just like blown up like so I'm much too I was like yeah yeah I want to hop on that too do Candy, it uh Candy Steiner and all them released the, the discreet covers for the Bayside Heroes yesterday yeah, and, they and everybody good. wants those covers, yep, including me. Everybody loves a discreet cover. So, what are who are some of your favorite authors to read? I used to read so much, and I literally like I was an avid reader for years and years before I started writing. And there's really three that I still read: Pepper Winters. Mm. Penelope Douglas and I will 100% always pick up their books I don't even care what the blurb is or what the cover is those three authors are like number ones for me Mm -hmm. I will totally read any other book too but like on my time crunch with me always trying to write 24 7 like I try and find time to squeeze in those three authors for sure I love Penelope Douglas I love Penelope Douglas so much love that woman so much all right so we're gonna shift and move to writing questions which is my portion um so are you a plotter a pantser or like somewhere in between with the lovely word we like to call a planter i am somewhere in between i've seen and what are you i'm a plotter there is no way she could pants (laughs) and i'm and i'm a plotter too and so like i've seen authors that like literally maybe you go so into depth with it like literally get the entire like family lineage backstory on all of their characters and I don't go that far 
I, I try and get like a very base outline of those characters, their story, their history, mm-hmm. and what each chapter is going to be. And that's it. Like, I don't, I don't go any further than that. I try not to spend too much time on it because yeah. majority of the time, my characters are going to pull me in a different direction. And then I'm going to be pissed for spending so much time plotting them doing something that they're not even going to want to do. Story of mine. Yeah. Literally story of my life. I mean, Seriously. I've learned, I've learned over the time, like, I don't, I don't think I go, well, you know, I do character interviews that goes pretty in depth into their past, but like yeah. 140 questions. It's okay. It's fine. Anyways, um, I do like character interviews and then I'll do like a, I'll plot 10 chapters at a time. So I'll plot 10 and then write 10 because I realize if I try and plot an entire 50 chapter book, half of those chapters are not even going to make it. Most of them won't because after 10 mm-hmm. chapters, they're going in a completely fucking different direction. And maybe um, I should, maybe I should try that because I try, I literally try and plot my entire book and mm-hmm. outline it. And then it just goes freaking haywire halfway down the road. So it's like, nope. I realized that with myself and then I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to do 10 chapters at a time. So I plot, write 10 chapters, break, plot 10, write those plot 10 until they're done and then just go from there. But I do do heavy character outlines, <laughs> very, very, very heavy character. <laughs> it's not but a bad it's okay. thing it's what yeah. works for me i so gotta get i gotta get in touch i gotta get in touch with my characters like right now i'm watching dexter oh. um i'm re-watching it from season uno uh because i'm, I'm getting in the mind of a serial killer <laughs> and i need to i need to know how i need to know how to write that vibe you know because i'm obviously not a serial killer so and i like the fact that dexter's the narrator as well so like you get to see like what he thinks and stuff yes. like that it's not just watching it like happen we get to hear his inner dialogue it's perfect I was like fuck yeah this is great I'm gonna I'm gonna be great at this by the time I finish writing watching these I I rewatched Dexter when I was writing too and then also you with Joe Joe Goldberg Goldberg. yeah 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 listen the whole time I was watching you the first season like the second and third season not so much but season one definitely I was like yeah Joe yeah kill Peach that's definitely the right move for you and Beck to end up together and then I'm like you are rooting for the wrong team right now yes (laughs) the wrong team right now this is not how this is supposed to go but you know whatever at the end of season three when they're having that argument spoilers you haven't watched it when they're when love and Joe were having that argument and love's like, if you get tired of me, you're going to kill me, all right, whatever. And I was like, honestly, I think he should, because you are the reason that he is, you're fucking up his whole plan right now, honey. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is not good. This is not good. I, right. go sorry, ahead, go ahead. I love love, though, because mm-hmm. I don't know if you watch Taunting on Hill House or whatever. Yes. I like her character. She's like one of my favorite actresses. Ever, She's so, so amazing. I was really sad to see her die. I love watching her interviews. They're so yeah. good. All right. So do you have any interesting writing perks? Like when you sit down to write, like, do you need to be eating like Twizzlers or like wearing a certain hoodie or like a special pair of socks or anything like that? No, I, I do like to be comfortable though. Like I definitely don't want to be like dressed up trying to write. Like I usually like my blanket and like, I'm revamping my office. So it looks like shit behind me, but like, I usually actually just sit out on my like chair with my feet up with my blanket on my fire rolling and then my dog's next to me and just chilling right all the words 
writing yep. all the serial killers. I think it's so funny <laughs> talking to dark, dark romance authors. And it's like, we're just sitting here like writing all this dark and demented stuff. And they're like, yeah, I'll be at my kid's soccer game. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Do it in teacher conferences. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. I'm in the car watching my kid practice football and I'm just writing about people being murdered. And I'm like, this is amazing. I love this mentality. <laughs> so like, what do you like to do when you're not writing? When I'm not writing, me and my family like to road trip once a year. We always end up back in the mountains. We've gone to Montana a few times now. We always end up in Colorado too. We want to hit all 50 states. We're traveling down south this summer to NOLA, which we're super, super excited about. I've never been to New Orleans. Um, I love yeah. Louisiana. Have, I've been have you Louisiana. been there before? Yeah. But I am, I've never been to a signing, so it feels like a whole different ball game. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And Are I'm road tripping. Uh, I'm staying, I'm trying to, figuring out if I want to stay in an Airbnb, but I'm not staying at that hotel. I rented a house. Oh my God. Nice. Just fucking the whole house, dude. Because, because I road trip with my family. So literally yeah. my husband's coming with me, my two kids and my two dogs. Yeah. I understand. I want to rent an Airbnb mostly just so I can have the room and shit like that. But I, I don't want to get a hotel. I don't like a hotel. I like a good Airbnb. I like to feel at home. Right. Exactly. So what is the weirdest thing that you've had to Google for a book? um medieval torture devices definitely had that in one of my books that was it was like actually super interesting like I don't even know if I would like obviously it's kind of a weird thing to be looking up but like it was also super interesting because they had a lot of pictures and like seeing how that stuff used to like work was like damn Daniel it's like fuck that should like hurt like imagine (laughs) That shit looks like it hurts. <laughs> exactly. I'm exactly. going to use that. I'm going to use that. I had to, so for this recent book or whatever that I was writing, I had to figure out like how to attach like a chain to a motorcycle that would have a person attached to the other end. And I was messaging. So I have this group of guy friends that I message for like questions like that. And it's called like a thousand ways to die. The group messages. Um, and, oh shit and I was like messaging them and I was like how would one attach a chain to like a back of a motorcycle and they're like you can there's like a little hook right there that you can attach the frame and I was like okay like and I was like do I need to have that like is it already attached or does it need to be attached I'm like what the fuck are you doing dude and I'm like killing somebody <laughs> isn't it isn't it crazy though how much stuff like actually goes in it like how much you actually have to research oh, yeah. to get it right it's so there are so many things that are so technical and it you really have to like do every single little little bit of research to get it right or else it's I, not even worth it yeah I was literally I wasn't traumatized because I mean I feel like I'm desynthesized to a lot of shit but I had to google like like massive head wounds and google has images of what shit looks like and i was looking at like motorcycle accidents and they have like images and i just had it like pulled up like as a split screen and was just like writing the things i saw and like my like fletcher was like what are you doing and i'm like don't worry about it sweetheart don't worry about it (laughs) just don't pay attention to it it's i know the the things that i have to research by writing dark romance it's like please don't ever look into my search history literally i'll go to jail immediately <laughs> I like will. god i or like an insane asylum 
<laughs> All right, so we're going to move to trope questions, which is our last portion of the podcast, but this is our favorite section of questions. So what is your favorite trope to write and why? My favorite trope to write is definitely um, I would say the forbidden romance. Yeah. Ooh, I, I, I don't write it as much, but I love to read it mm-hmm. and I love to write it. And I even want to go further than like, just like a stepbrother romance, like the taboo type of romances. Like, I feel like, I feel like, okay. So I feel like there's forbidden and there's taboo, which is the cross line between the two of them. So like, how are we talking? Like I would do, I would do like a sibling. I would do like a a flowers in the attic, like a flowers in the attic type Ooh, yeah, I'm here for it. I'll read it. I don't care. I'll try anything once or twice. (laughs) I am not anytime soon, but the next set of books that I'll be doing has a stepbrother, which I'm excited about because I have been wanting to write like a forbidden stepbrother romance for fucking ever. And it finally is happening. And I'm like, oh, I love a good. I'm so excited for it. Stepbrother has like, it's been such a hot trope for so long. And I feel like it's never really going to completely burn out. Like, it's just, it, it's Isn't such it a good something role. about like your mother, your father, yes. your parent marrying another parent. But it's not, but it's not like illegal. It's just frowned upon. So it's like, people are still like comfortable to read it, you know, exactly. and it's, it's not going out of the realm. Anytime you put step in front of it, it takes the taboo portion oh, out and it makes it forbidden. <laughs> it makes it forbidden. It's like, anytime there's a step in front of it, we're fine. <laughs> All right, so Stevie, you can take the next one. What is one trope you would eventually like to write and why? I, gosh, I don't know. So I've written, I've written all paranormal. So that knocks that out. What I would really like to write, and I don't know if I ever will, is like a time traveling romance. I don't know if you guys have ever read The Surviving Trace by Kalia Reed, I think her name is. Okay. That is literally the best book of all time that I've, it's modern day people. She slips and she goes back in time to like the Titanic era and falls in love with like a monstrous beastly man back then. He's just arrogant (laughs) and an asshole. And I like, I, I've never liked historical romances, but Mm. that like hopped me on the train I'm like this is hot like I don't like historical romances either I don't I really don't but like read that book read that book and then talk to me because that book is and I think it's I think it might be like a trilogy okay cool freaking good what's the author's name again uh c-a-l-i-a what is that Kalia Reed Oh my gosh, that's so good. Oh my God, I found it. What is it? What is the name of the book? The Surviving Trace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She's also got some other ones on here. All right. Okay. We will do that. That's going to work. All right. I added it to my TBR. We'll see how that goes. All right. So what is one trope you'll never write and why? I want to say small town romance, but I don't know. Okay. Because I slightly want to write a rom-com someday. And I, (laughs) (laughs) 
but I don't know if I can do it because I feel like my characters will like slip into like the dark path yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've like always written and then it's like screw this rom-com so like I'm going to say small town romance okay just because it's not even in my realm right now Okay, I get it. It's like more, it's more, it makes more sense for you to write PNR again than it does for you to write small town. Yes, it really does. It really does. (laughs) All right, Stevie, take the last question, ma'am. Okay, if you were in a book, what trope would you want for your story? I think I want some forbidden or, or like a serial killer, like one of the books that Monty's writing. Me too. I want a hollow boy. Something, something super dark, super edgy with like a really aggressive and possessive yeah. male character. Like me too. Like handsy. Yeah, me too. Like physical touch is definitely his yes. level. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I want to reverse harem because I just like the idea of multiples. I got multiple personalities and I feel like I need like one for each of those. And, and I should have said, I should have said that for, I don't know if I'm going to ever be able to write that because like my PA has told me like, write an RH, yeah. write an RH. And I'm like, I've read them. I just don't know. Do you read them often? Do I read them often? Oh, she's like the queen of RH on here. She was really... There's a person, Stevie's friend. Write one. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Stevie's. If you can write sex between multiple characters, you can put that shit together. I feel like the main characters are gonna be so jealous. Understandable. Gonna like clash. Well, see, this is the thing I like about is they're extremely jealous of other people, except for their harem right right so it's like usually a tight-knit group of guys that hate sharing but not with each other and so it's like I like I it. think I wanted to do female 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 male so that would, that would work that would be hot too there was Stevie's friend commented and was like does anybody have any good reverse harem recommendations and Stevie was like and she was like at Monty J. She was like, it's your time to shine. And I was like, I was like, hold totally. I was like, hopefully oh, in no particular order. These are some good, you know, like this is like 10 of them. I listed like 10 and they were like, fuck. And I was like, you know, add, add them all to the tier TBR. The part to point out about this is that Tiffany does not like, isn't huge on RH, but she kept hearing Cassie's name and Ooh, wanted to read. I- that series and so she did i have cassie's rh series it's not finished yet she's still writing it but i have it up here that i live and breathe that series that is such a good rh and i'm writing an rh um which i've already announced it so it's not like a big deal a big surprise i'm writing an rh after i finish the hollow boys um but like it's a trilogy yeah it's a male 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 female um so three guys one gal and they'll it's a trilogy so each guy will have a pov in the book but the girl will continuously have a pov in all three i love that yeah because i feel like because i feel like everybody's big thing with rh is they can't attach themselves to all of the characters they always end up favoring one over the other and i feel like the giving each of them a pov which is what cassie did uh giving each of them a pov is a good way for people to connect with like all of them 
That will be so awesome. You need to do it. You can idea. do it. If you can I, write a serial killer, you can write an RH. I know it's, it's in the back of my mind. And my PA actually said to read Cassie. She's like the first one that you should read Cassie's it's for so sure. Good. Such a good RH. I love her shit. Anyways. Okay. So that is our last question for you. You have been a fantastic guest. Um, we're going to leave you here a few minutes to chat about an upcoming release, a sale, anything like that. And then let our listeners know where to find you. The floor is yours. Perfect. So I just have my trilogy coming out March, April, and May. Um, and you can follow me on Instagram for um, other upcoming releases that I have planned for 2022. It's um, at ar.breck, B-R-E-C-K. Um, same as goes on TikTok, ar.breck. Monty, I need to follow you. I'm not even following you on TikTok. Oh my God, hold on. And- <laughs> And also the, it's the same on Facebook. So follow me on any of those handles for upcoming releases and bookish news. Love it. Love it. Love it. Once again, thank you for coming on and joining us. You were great. And we hope to chat with you again soon. Thank you. Cut. <laughs>